0: and welcome to writing about dragons and shit and that's about as normal as this episode's gonna be uh this is the first uh in possibly an ongoing series of uh talking one-on-one with uh authors that we have on the show and my first guest is bethany jacobs hello
1: hey
2: Happy
0: to be here. Thank you for coming on, and I, I, I don't want to call it like you know, like the the, the guinea pig because we haven't done this one before. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm so happy that you agreed uh, to do this one, and I'm so excited to talk to you today about your book and your process and, and writing in general.
2: Yeah, this is gonna be fun.
0: If I I don't want to I don't want to assume that anyone I know I never assume people listen to my shows ever, even when they're like I'm a fan of your show. In case. Uh-huh folks didn't hear the episode that you were on with us uh who, who are you for those fine folks who may not know
2: yeah so as Tara said I'm Bethany Jacobs I'm the um recently published author of the first book in a trilogy the novel is called These Burning Stars it's a about a cat and mouse chase across the star systems to control a secret about a genocide um it's violent and funny and angry and i love it very much and you can get it wherever books are sold
0: i have started reading it and it and it just kind of kicks off with some badassery so
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was it was all speed ahead I, I
0: yeah like, i i did so i we'll, we'll get to it but like i started reading it and i'm just like okay we're, we're in this place there, there there's there's some kids okay oh they're fighting oh they're really <laughs> fighting oh wow <laughs>
2: Yes, violent, violent children. It starts with violent children. (laughs) Parents out there will know what that's like.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Don't train them how to use a staff. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, But uh, yeah, Bethany, thank you so much for for joining me. Uh, For listeners, like I said, this is something that uh, we're going to try and do a little more next year. And uh, some of you out there may know I do a show for C&E, Idle Insights, where I talk with people in the D&D world. And I thought that would be fun to do with writers as well. Um, And so I'm going to do something similar that I do on that show here, where I'm going to do a little icebreaker question. Uh, Bethany, what made you want to be a writer?
2: So I think um, what many people would answer this question, many writers would answer this question by saying that what made them want to be a writer is being a reader. Mm. Um, I was uh, a voracious reader from really young in my life. Um, And my mom was one of those amazing moms who read to us from the time we were little. So I have very um, clear memories of her reading the Chronicles of Narnia to us while we were on like road trips, you know, and and this was back before you had TVs in your cars. (laughs) my My
0: mom
2: had like five little kids who she had to entertain. So she's like reading us, you know, novels in the, in the books or in, in the car. And I was always just a super, um, imaginative kid. I was also always a little bit of a solitary kid I was like in my head and telling stories to myself um and uh and and I have a really distinct memory of being at the dinner table and asking my parents if they thought I could be a writer if they oh, thought wow. I could be a novelist um and I was probably seven you know oh, like really? younger than seven and they said yes they were just sort of like yeah absolutely and and it's this very distinct memory for me of being like All right, then I'm going to do it. And, um, I remember like my first little notebook where I wrote poetry, like my, one of my first poems was, was literally like a formal copy of Robert Frost's stopping by woods in a snowy evening. Like it like (laughs) took the same form. And, and then I wrote my first, you know, novel quote unquote was based in Narnia. So like my first ever was fan fiction.
0: I mean, Um, I, I think that is a great place for pretty much anyone to start if I'm being completely honest. And that Maybe yeah, a little bias right. of me to say. <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: I mean, I, and it's funny because now I actually do write fan fiction. Like I'm a, I've, I'm a pretty prolific writer of fan fiction now. And, um and that's kind of where it started mm-hmm. for me was writing a story based on a story that I loved. And, um and from then on, you know, I was just, and I, I was always writing quote unquote novels. Like I was always writing chapter books mm. um. And uh, and definitely in my early years, the work that I was writing was genre fiction. it was mm-hmm. fantasy, it was science fiction. Um, all through high school, I was writing this sort of medieval fantasy series where all of the characters were based on my friends. <laughs> <laughs> And it was like eight books long, and like I, half of it was written in notebooks in school when oh, yeah. I was doing my schoolwork. And instead, I was like writing my stories.
0: I, I remember tearing some pages out of my notebooks and stapling them together. I'm like, I made a book.
1: <laughs>
2: yes, yes, totally. I can remember like relishing these notebooks that would have yeah. like the whole book in them, <laughs> and being and like making a cover that I taped onto the front. Oh,
0: of the that's like the I didn't think to it. do that. That's cool. You know,
2: yeah. <laughs> Um and so it just like I was just always writing. I was just I was just always writing a story up through my 20s. I started writing you know, I got very serious and full of myself. So I started writing like literary fiction. <laughs> um and uh and then in like my mid 30s, I returned to genre fiction and was just like, yes, this, this is what I am, this is what I want to do. Like, this is where it started for me, and this is where my heart will always be. Um, And I think I've written, if you count the books that I wrote as a teenager, I've probably written over 20 novels.
1: Heck yeah.
2: Um, Because I just, I've just always done it. I've always done it, so... So that's, that's how I got into it. That's writing.
0: fantastic. I, yeah. I that, that's, uh, the, your, your story kind of reminds me of, uh, one of my favorite things, uh, that I've heard about writing where it's like, if you want to be a, an author, quit writing. And then if you can't, that's what, when you know, you're going yeah. to do it. Uh-huh. And like, that yeah. is what that sounds like. We're just like, no, I just, you kept doing it. That's the thing you kept coming back to. I love that. Yeah.
2: I couldn't, I can't stop. I've yeah. thought before about, you know, now that I've had some some success in that I've, I've finally done the dream of publishing a book I've thought before, like, you know, what happens if, if you're not successful as a published writer and you can't sell other books or something like that. And I've realized like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like I'm going to keep writing no matter what, like I can't stop. Um, and there's no other hobby or interest or thing or career, anything in my life other than writing where that's true
0: yeah absolutely i that's that i love that 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 is that's making me all cheery on this saturday
2: morning (laughs) i know for the writers out there who are listening like remember that deep aching love that you have for telling stories because that is what reminds me and and keeps me going during the hard parts of writing
0: you, you you said the the thing of like what what if it's it's not successful or anything like that. Like I've I, I've had that thought of like you know, like what if what if I tried to get that out there and everyone says no to it, what do I do next? And like literally I was just like, I'll just throw it out for free and just keep going. Yeah. Like I don't yeah. uh-huh. I'm not gonna yeah. stop doing yeah, it.
2: <laughs> I've had that I've had that thought too of like, you know, if if I'm ultimately unsuccessful, I mean I I wanna be conscious of like my my agent deserving to get yeah. paid but like yeah, if she yeah, yeah. stops a book and it doesn't, doesn't work, well, it's like, what's to stop me from just self-publishing it? Or mm-hmm. And also since I've written so many books that like I have no intention of ever trying to get published, it's nothing new to me to think yeah. of just like, well, that one's done, move on. you <laughs> put, know? put
0: that one on the invisible pile,
1: yeah. <laughs>
2: <Exactly>. <laughs> you can't get too precious about it. The book that I was re- writing before I wrote this book I had, I was so attached to it and Mm -hmm. felt that it was like my best work. I was deeply invested in it. It didn't, I shopped it around. It didn't get anywhere. And like, I, now I'm at a point where I am just ready to let it go. Like, I don't have any ambitions now to try and get it published. It was a piece in a journey of teaching me how to write. And like, that's enough for me. So
0: I I had a similar experience last year where because of Aaron and B-Dave, I learned what a trunk novel is. And (laughs) uh, I started writing, I don't even know what version number of this story. And Uh I just went, this is not it. I need to stop. And I... And honestly, it has been so much better since I did that.
1: (laughs) Yeah,
2: right. I mean, it's interesting because I know a couple of writers who they've literally been working on the same book for years. Yeah. And like that works for them. Yeah. You know, like this is a story that I I feel like the industry constantly tells you, just move on, just move on, drop a book and move on. And while for me, that's true. Like, I know that there are some authors for whom that isn't true. Yeah. uh, But- and, and that's okay. But in my experience really is that like, there's, there are a number of books that I've started and never finished mm-hmm. because it's just like, you know what, this didn't work and that's okay. Like there's so many stories I want to tell, yeah. you know, it's kind of like TV. It's kind of like I'm DNFing a, a, a book that you're reading. <laughs> yeah. Right. Where it's like, there are so many books I want to read. Why am I torturing myself into reading this book? That's just not holding me. Like, just yeah. let it go, you know. And I think it can be the same as writing. If it's not working, let it go. Hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh. Well, I'm I'm actually gonna touch on on that uh, after a little bit, but first, I I want you to t- tell me about tell me about these burning stars.
2: Yeah. So um, these burning stars is an interesting outlier for me because I have always been like a really serious plotter of novels. So if we talk about like the idea of pantsing versus plotting, mm-hmm. where, you know, pantsing is I just sit down and do whatever the fuck
1: happens, <laughs> look out of it.
2: And plotting is like, no, I write like a very detailed plot outline, world building docs, character graphs, blah, blah, blah. I was always the latter. Like, I'm a very type A personality. I'm a little anal. So that was always how I did things. And I was writing this the sequel to this previous book. Um, And uh, and it was not working. And I was just feeling like I didn't know what to do. I had tried to write a couple of books. Nothing had happened. I had gone through the exhaustive process of all of those world building documents and all of the plot outlines. And it wasn't working. So I had this thought as a as just sort of an exercise in reminding myself that I loved writing to just sit down and write and see what happened, not have any ideas to just free write and see what happened. And so I wrote this like throwaway line that was the pirates are restless. That line did not make it past the first draft. I'm glad it didn't like it is not objectively a good line. I, um, I get it. <laughs> right. But from this line, I evolved this idea. What if there was someone who was trying to purchase an artifact from some space pirates that ended up having this artifact ended up having the capacity to, like, blow up the universe mm. and, and be very dangerous to the universe. And so I started writing that and I was, like, enjoying that. And then this character ended up being one of only three, one of three POVs that ended up happening in the book. And like, as I was going in it, then the plotting happened. Then I, you know, wrote my plot outlines. Then I did my world building docs. Like then I did all of that more detailed stuff, but it really started as much more of like a lark, like just Mm kind of like, let's see what happens. Um, The book turned out to be quite the house of cards like it's a very tightly plotted and intricate and complicated plot Mm -hmm. which means that every time i changed something or changed something oh yeah it fell apart like the whole wings of the house rumple you know and like um, I'll just I'll just change
0: this little yes, this little thing here oh little thing and that room's gone now <laughs> yeah
2: exactly and it would collapse and so that was like a, as I was drafting and redrafting like that was a very frustrating part of the book but it was also like it made it this puzzle and I had never written a book that was a puzzle in the mm-hmm. way that this book was and so um just to like give the short version of like how I met I moved from the pirates are wrestling
0: I love that you're that going. Your the literally my question was like how did you settle on this being the book that you were going to try yeah. and take all the way to publishing.
2: Yeah, so um one of the things about me that's different from a lot of writers is that I never had writing groups or critique partners. My sister mm. read my work and that was it. And like occasionally in my younger years, my mom read like my shitty high school
1: books. (laughs) Um, And
2: then when I got married, my wife started reading my books, Mm -hmm. but I did not have critique partners. And so I was working on this book. I wasn't sharing it with anyone. I had no idea if it was any good. Um, I knew that I was enjoying it and that there was something there, but I didn't know if it was actually working. And so then my friend, um, Becca Enzor, um, who's, who's pretty active or used to be on, on social media. Now social media is a dumpster fire, but yep. she, he's a friend that I met through this, this pitch contest called pitch wars. And <laughs> he reached out to me and she said, Hey, I know this guy, he's an established author. He's giving away three chapter critiques. I told him about you. Do you want him to critique your book? And so I sent the first three chapters to this guy named Michael Mame. Mm-hmm. um, and uh, and he read the first three chapters and he came back to me and he was like this is really really good. Like oh, this is wow. this is professional professional grade good. You could you could start shopping this tomorrow or you could submit it to pitch wars wow. if you want. And like I had never had another author say that to me. Yeah. I never had someone I didn't know. Yeah. Say that. And so that for me was like Oh, I think I do have something here. Yeah. Um, and so I submitted it to Pitch Wars, which, for those who who haven't heard of Pitch Wars, essentially what it was was it was a contest where people would submit their books to uh, a bunch of um, mentors, and then the mentors would pick the oh. book that they wanted to mentor. Is this like the, the
0: voice they, for writers.
1: Yeah. So <laughs>
2: voice for writers
1: and oh so then gosh.
2: they would work with you on your book for a few months and then the book would be submitted to this agent showcase wow. and literary agents would come they get access to the to the submission and then out of this people could theoretically get wow. get literary deals and so I submitted my book to like five mentors and then four of them like wanted it and so this, again, was like a thing of like, oh, people I don't know like this. This yeah. must be good. And so they ended up deciding to to hook me up with this one um, person, uh, Jake Nichols, who's a who's a, a freelance editor. Um, and they're fantastic. We worked together. And again, I I was getting, you know, this this feedback for the first time that it was good.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And it went to the agent showcase. It got a lot of attention. I signed with my agent Bridget Smith at Jabberwocky Literary. We went on submission very quickly. Um and there was a, a there was a, an editor that I particularly wanted to work with. She was sort of my dream. Her name was Priyanka Krishnan at Orbit and she had messaged Bridget on Twitter and been like, I've seen the pitches for this, like send it to me.
1: Oh, wow. And, um,
2: and so I was like, oh my God, 300%. that's
0: so <laughs> she's, awesome. <laughs>
2: she's like edited books that I really, really love. She's worked with authors. who so I'm like obsessed with like Tasha Suri and, and Anne Leckie and things like that. And so, um, and so, and she ended up buying it. She ended oh, up huh. like very quickly too, because publishing has been so slow particularly for genre writers. And so like within four months, she came back and was like, I want this. And also, do you have anything else? Could we make this a trilogy? And so, so Orbit ended up giving me a three book deal. Wow! Um, and so very much this whole process has been this experience of going from like, never really knowing if I was any good to like having people read my work and love it. Mm-hmm. And feeling like, even though I still deal with all of the insecurity of any mm-hmm. writer, of feeling like, okay, well, if nothing else, I've written a book that some people love.
1: <laughs> and that's like
2: the best you can hope for. Yeah. Right? That is, ab- That is because nobody's going to write a book that everybody loves. If you can write a book that some people love, that is that is a great success. Um, and so that's that's how I got to where I am
0: that is wild I've, yeah. I've now googled pitch wars and i'm like going to be reading all about this this is it was I, an
2: amazing it was amazing um um thing it it's since closed down for various okay. reasons okay. I mean, in fact i think i was either the last or the second to last year um but it did so much for so many writers yeah um, and introduced me to a lot of people who I really cherish and um and it was um it was a a great great thing for the writing community so
0: well I I I hope something like that comes back because yeah that is yeah there
2: are other mentorship programs I'm I'm struggling to remember what they are but um but that was the one that I got that's so cool
0: That that, yeah. that that is one of the coolest stories I've heard for <laughs> getting published. That it's is an really unusual
2: wild. story. I oh no, have to no. Say It's an unusual story. that's that's not how it happens for most writers. Yeah. Um, and so I I feel like, uh, you know, I, I did generally write a very good book, but also mm-hmm. I was very fortunate to like be connected with the right people at the right time. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah.
0: So, so when you were, when you were working on these burning stars, like, were you working on other projects at the time too? Or was that, or had you settled on like, this is the one that I'm going to like edit up and everything like that?
2: I'm not very good at writing multiple projects. At the okay. same time. Um, I always have the next book in my head. Mm-hmm. So like I had another project in my head that I was sort of playing with, um, but I really just like, I went fully into this and focused on this. Um, while it was on submission to editors, I wrote, uh, I started a different book, Mm. which I may or may not finish someday. Um, but, uh, but really when I'm working on a book, like that's what I'm working on and fan fiction. (laughs) (laughs)
0: i always feel like i should just like as as a writing exercise do some fan fiction again because like i i had this whole star wars fan fiction when i was in high school like i had this this family line that started like before phantom menace went all the way past return to the jedi (laughs) nice like and, and, and like I was I was a stickler about it too because like I had friends writing fan fiction stuff that were also doing Star Wars but they're like oh yeah I've got like giant robots in it too and I'm like no 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 that doesn't exist in there it can't ex- <laughs> it has to have been a established already
1: uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> like you gotta I, like, stick to the canon
0: yeah like I I almost refuse to like add anything besides the characters themselves to it right uh-huh. and, uh,
1: yeah. and, now like, well, sure.
0: and now I'm like and now I'm like what would I do in Star Wars if I just said screw it and do whatever you want <laughs>
2: <laughs> sounds fun
0: so you you I, I'm going to start this off by saying like, you know, process gets thrown around a lot in in uh, talking with writers and stuff like that. Like, you know, so many times at panels, when it's like, what's your process? And I feel like that's just that's such a vague question. Uh-huh. It's, so what I kind of want to hone in on here is like you you said that you you just did a free write and you got that sentence and started building that out. So like after that, were you did you do the outlining process like like you did before and everything like that?
2: Yeah, yeah, because it quickly it quickly became clear that I was actually going to write this thing, that it wasn't going to just be an exercise. And so I am not good at just like, I am a plotter. Like Mm -hmm. I, I'm not good at just like, let's see what happens now. Ironically, I will plot out an entire book, very detailed plot outlines, and then it just goes rogue, right? <laughs> <laughs> like a book goes where it wants Their to go. guidelines. So like, yeah, so I'm like constantly revising my outlines because it's like, okay, well, it turned out this is something completely different. Um, so yeah, so I I started um, putting together my world building docs, which I think of as like everything from like maps, the, like shitty maps that I make in like the paint Actually, app.
0: I got to say real quick, I absolutely adore the maps that are in these the burning stars. The maps
2: turned out really cool, uh, huh?
0: Beca- and, and there's just, there's so much because it's like, this is a planet. This is the thing from the planet that you need to know about. I'm like, that's awesome.
2: <laughs> that, yeah. It's so cool when a science fiction novel has maps. Yeah, Not really common. No, um, My editor from the beginning was like, I really think we need maps because this is a space opera where you are going to all kinds of planets Like there needs to, and, and those planets have like unique cultures and, and there, and, you know, there needs to be some kind of reference point. Um, And so they ended up doing this really cool thing. That's almost evocative of like a video game console Mm -hmm. where like you poke, you, you know, you tap the thing and it pulls out the, you know, the specific area for you to focus on. And so, um, so it ended up being really cool and the, all, I, all I did was create, like, if you think about, like, the outlines of the, yeah. of the continents and shit like that, like, those were my original, like, shitty paint app <laughs> uh, maps. And, um and so I, you know, like, I created these maps, and I created these character graphs, and I created, like, you know, very extensive, almost like encyclopedic documents about the god and the, the, the the god Um, hood and the Mm -hmm. pantheon and the this and the that and the technology and things like that um and uh and that was kind of what what I what I evolved it into and um and those documents were just constantly being rewritten and revised to match what was actually happening in the book Mm -hmm. So,
0: so, you, so you get the all these uh world building docs. And then so for for outlining it, like what is what is an outline for you look like? Is it bullet points? Is it like you're talking about like in-depth things? Like what what is what is that process?
2: Yeah, so um I usually create my outlines as a grid, almost like a table oh, really? because what I do is I I outline um the arcs of the individual characters. And then I can take, so if you imagine a table and like one column of the table is character A is storyline, then character B and then character three. So I can create it like that. And then what I can do is I can take a, a cell from the table and reorganize it and say, okay, now here's the actual chronological order of uh. these stories. Um, And then it allows me to just sort of visualize what's happening um, in the book at the same time. Um, And so, yeah, like within those cells, I basically have a detailed bullet point. Like here are the major beats of what's happening. Um, I usually use that place, like, even though it'll be high level, like I use that space to point out, like, here's an important detail that needs to be a part of this chapter and how it connects to like the larger mystery or whatever's going on. Um, and, uh, and, and then when I, so when I finish a draft, then what I'll do is I'll go back to that outline and I'll revise the outline, like putting what needs to change in red. So then when I go back to revise, I can refer to my outline and Mm. make sure, that i remember oh this is what needs to change yeah so that what happens down the line will make sense
1: um
2: and and i will i will say that everything technical that i do everything process that i do um it's all kind of slapdash and instinctive. Mm-hmm. Um, I I never actually had any kind of education in being a creative writer. Yep. It's interesting because I got my PhD in American literature.
0: Oh, really? So,
2: yeah. So I, so I went to grad school, but like I never took a creative writing class. Mm-hmm. I never did an MFA. I never did critique partners. I never read Books yeah. on process. Other than I read Stephen King's book on writing. Okay, um,
0: you, Bethany, you and I are so similar in some ways.
2: <laughs> like yeah. Her, yeah.
0: that's like the only book that I read about yeah. writing, yeah. and I and yeah. I never I, I never got to take creative writing classes or anything, and uh-huh. so like I was just kind of sitting there like I was really hoping this book was going to tell me how to do stuff. <laughs> It's called
2: on writing, man. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's funny because I'll I'll hear writers talk about like, "Oh, I I used this methodology or I used this yeah. model or I did this, you know, I did a reverse plot outline or I did this or I did that." And it's like um I'm aware of those things now mm-hmm. from
1: hearing other people talk about them. <laughs>
2: But like before, I entered really entered the writing community. It's like I knew about Freytag's pyramid, right? Like, mm-hmm. and I knew about the the concepts of rising action and and denouement and climax yeah. and things like I've that. I heard
0: the words three act structure. I knew the I yes. I've heard the thing. Yes,
2: exactly <laughs> right. Um, and then I like, I remember, I really love this video essay about, it's actually about Girl with a Dragon Tattoo, mm. where it talks about how that book is actually a four act structure. And, oh. um, and like, it, it was, it was really cool. And it was a great way to be like, because, you know, the rule of three mm-hmm. is so pervasive and my book relies very heavily on the rule of three. Um, but it also does some things to kind of fuck with the rule of three
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, that I think were, were influenced by imagining like these other, like the four act structure versus the the three act structure. And, um and, but like those things about, Genre and form and process are things that I just have kind of stumbled on over the years. And everything I know about writing, I actually know from reading and from writing. Mm. So, like, I don't know when... I started doing my process like this because yeah. I've been doing this since I was seven and I'm old now. And like, <laughs> I have a very shoddy memory, of like how anything. but I have noticed that my documents have gotten much more detailed as my mm-hmm. memory has gotten worse mm. because I need that reference point yeah. um, to know what the heck I'm doing.
0: Yeah. Well and and that that's honestly why I I wanted to ask questions like this is because like I I know that like you you and I aren't the only ones that were like I don't know what an outline looks like. (laughs) Uh No one told me what to do here. And so Uh like you know I I kind of think about myself looking for podcasts on writing and stuff like that. And like I'd always hear people talk about their outlines. I'm like, talk a little bit more about what what did you do? I need a reference point. And and it's not like it's not like trying to like see what like be like oh i'm gonna take this person's way of Mm -hmm. doing just getting an idea of like what Mm -hmm. people do when they outline to help them write that book
2: i think that part of why doing the the dual thing where on the one hand i'm just looking this character storyline this character storyline and this character storyline is it does help me think about like character arc yeah so, and that's something that I didn't start thinking about until like five or 10 years ago as a writer It's really the idea of like, what is the character's trajectory and
1: growth throughout
2: mm-hmm. the story? Um, and, and laying out an an outline you know one of the things that really helps you to do is identify a midpoint in your plot and like ask yourself okay we've gotten to this midpoint things need to ratchet up now what are the things that we learned in the first half in like the rising action and the mini climaxes that happen in the rising action um so that we can have a sort of pivot into all right, we our characters have had some kind of revelation. Something has happened to them. What are they doing now? And also, like, it allows me to really think about like character motivation. And you know, is this a passive character? Is this an mm. active yeah. character? You know, um, I think that there's a lot of there's a lot of um, argument in in contemporary writing that like all characters, particularly all protagonists, should be active. I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. I like, if you mean. think about, if you think about a character like Katniss Everdeen from The Hunger Games, mm-hmm. like Kat- Katniss Everdeen is actually an inherently passive character. Everything that she does and that happens to her is acted upon her. Mm-hmm by the forces around her. It is literally not until like the last act of the final book that yeah. she is genuinely active, it when she decides to kill who she's going to kill of her en- en- enemies. Yeah. And so I think it's imp- I think that plot outlining and character outline can help you figure out like w- what is the real motivation and the trajectory of this character and how does that serve the plot? Mm -hmm. Um, because I really, like, I am someone like, I am not just there. There's been also a rise in fiction, many examples of which I love of like vibes over plot. (laughs) And I've loved this. I, I, there are so many, like, think about, um, Travis Baldry's books. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're vibes. They're not really plot. They're vibes. Like, that's okay.
0: And, and but that sold about- me that book. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. And even like Becky Chambers' fiction is less about plot than it is about vibes. And so I love that kind of fiction, but my work is very much about plot. Yeah. Um, and so everything that the characters do, even though my work is very character focused, everything they do has to be in service of the plot. So understanding their arcs is essential to that for me.
0: So w- when, when you, when you got the, the outline set and stuff like the uh, I I'm just curious, like for, for drafting it, like how long did it take you to, to write the, the first draft of it? And like, I, you know, when did you, when did you find time to, like, I, I think that's the thing with most writers, like when, when do I find the time to write?
2: Yeah. So, um, I started writing the book at the end of 2018. And at the time I was a postdoctoral fellow at Georgia tech
1: Mm. Yeah,
2: very much an academic and planning to be a career academic. The thing about academia,
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I I have great respect for academics and academia, but there is an element of academia that is sort of like an abusive relationship.
1: Yeah.
2: Um nothing you're doing is ever enough. Work never stops. You're always hustling. Um, and you get very little reward. Mm-hmm. And because of that, for the, you know, almost 10 years that I was an academic, um, I did not, I was not able to write nearly as much as I wanted to. I always wrote, but I wasn't able to make much progress. And I ultimately decided to leave academia for a number of reasons. But one of the reasons why I left was that I realized that in pursuit of that single dream of academia, Mm -hmm. all the other dreams that I had, We're falling by the wayside. Okay. Looting publication and pursuing my life as a creative writer. So I got a nine to five job, which was a very hard, (laughs) (laughs) but suddenly my evening is that my weekends were free Hmm. and that had not been true in 10 years. And so that's when I wrote my book. I wrote my book at night and I wrote my book on the weekends. Um, And I started writing it at the end of 2018 I submitted a polished draft of it to Pitch Wars in 20 at the end of 2020. Oh wow. And then sold it to an agent in 2021. So I was working on it for like two years. Yeah. Um before before I I really was putting it out there. Um and that was because I had to, I revised it so much. It had to be revised mm-hmm. so much because it just like I would keep writing things and be like this makes no sense I have to go back and and rewrite it because and then it'd be like oh this doesn't make this is like the house of cards thing. yeah yeah I I kept creating these traps for myself (laughs) where the book just suddenly made zero sense
0: the uh, the amount of times I've gone damn it past Trevor (laughs) why did you why did you put that there
2: you'll just be like, what were you thinking? Why did you make this so complicated? And then the book went, has gone through so much revision since I sold it. So really the book, it was like between when I started it and, and when it was published, that was five years. Yeah. Um, so it went through extensive revision for like four years before it was published.
0: So had you done um, like editing revisions on the the past books that you had written? Yes. Okay. Yes.
2: Ext- I always extensively revised my work. So um,
0: you're smart. One. I'm not. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, again, it was that type A personality, right? And it was, it was the part of me that was... Um, almost to my detriment, a perfectionist.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and so, and that was also stopped me many, many times from actually trying to get an agent or get a book published was because I just didn't believe the book was good enough. And in retrospect, I was right. The
1: was good <laughs>
2: enough. Like they weren't ready. They were teaching, like I was learning, they yeah. were teaching tools. Um, but yeah, I was, I was always a big revisor.
0: I, I will say th- those moments though were like, you know, it sucks in the moment when you're like, no, this isn't worth pursuing. But like yeah. the times that I've gone back and looked at this stuff and, you know, I am where I am now and been like, oh no, I was hundred percent right. Like that's a little bit, there's a little bit of vindication there where yeah. you're like, Hey, at least back then I, I was smart enough to know that that wasn't it. And that oh, meant yeah. something.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that revising is in some I can never decide which is harder revising or drafting Mm. like they're both excruciating for different reasons (laughs) but I do think that the thing about revising that I love is you take this sort of Frankenstein's monster of of limbs yeah limbs and brain and eyeballs just flailing around i'm a plot yeah exactly (laughs) and then you start to put it together and you figure out oh that's why i did this or Mm -hmm. oh i was right that that didn't make any sense or yeah oh this character actually needs to be this and you start to like put those gangly limbs together (laughs) you know and and you and you end up with something if if you're lucky you end up with something that um that is that you can actually be proud of and that like looks like a person
1: mm-hmm. you know
2: and um and so that like i'm actually in that stage right now with my sequel where i feel like i am finally i'm finishing the rough dra- the second draft of my sequel which is actually like draft 6 <laughs> the draft the second draft i'm going to send to my editor yeah. <laughs> I feel like I am finally getting to this point of like, okay, this is starting to be a, this is starting to be something.
0: Mm-hmm. It's uh, all right. We're down to two arms and two legs. Okay. Yes,
2: exactly. <laughs> there, there's a trunk. There's a, this and that it's, it's starting to come together. And that is perhaps the most pleasurable part of
0: yeah. writing is when Do- that happens do you have any like uh like techniques or any kind of like advice that you have for for revising because i know that's another area that we get a lot of questions about from from listeners i was like you know i you know like i've got this thing with all these limbs like what do i do with it like aaron has talked about that she does like an an outline for her revision um do you do you do anything like that
2: yeah i mean i definitely like i what i do is so the first thing I do is, let's say I finish a draft, right? Mm-hmm. I walk away from it for at least a month.
0: Yeah. Oh.
2: I don't touch it.
0: 100%. Um,
2: because I will not see it <laughs> if I start reading it again immediately. So then I walk away from it for about a month. I During that time, I probably have ideas and things like that. And I come back to it and I read it again. And as I'm reading it again, I'm making notes, of what needs to be changed and saying like oh this needs to be referenced here or, or or what have you and then I revise my plot outlines to point out to specifically in red tell me here's how this chapter needs to change um, and then as I'm putting together that outline I'm then I'm doing that on like a granular level, right? Like this chapter needs to have this, that. And and then on a more global level, I look look at the entire plot and I say, this chapter actually belongs here. Oh, we actually need a new chapter here. Actually, we don't need that chapter at all. Like that needs to go. Um, And I'm thinking about things like the character arc and the plot arc and the midpoint. and then on more of a like on the pages level, I find that I get really attached to passages that aren't actually doing anything for me.
0: Oh, OK. I
2: have to literally be like, I know you love this passage, <laughs> but you have to kill it like you have to cut it out. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's also I kind of try to approach it with this kind of mercilessness. <laughs> like I know you're I, I know you're my baby.
1: You put but, on the
0: Jason Hockey mask and you're like, exactly. all right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like, let's just slash and burn because we have to get something out of this that works. And we can't do that if we've got all this stuff that isn't actually achieving anything. Yeah. Um, so though, that's kind of like, that's that's pretty much my process for revision. Okay. I
0: I, I... It is one of those things where I'm like, I, I have attempted it, and I've never known like if uh if I've done anything that is uh, resembling a revision because uh, uh-huh. I always uh-huh. end up hitting this point. Where I'm like, no, this isn't it. I just need to stop because I, I I don't know why I never thought of it as like this is the same learning experience that like all of those other novels that I wrote ended up being for me. Like, I, I I need that learning experience with that as well.
2: <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, I know. And and it is, I mean, it is really a learning experience. Mm-hmm. Like, every act of revision is a learning experience. And you have to bring that kind of humility and, and curiosity to it. Um, Because if you have this idea in your head that like, oh, I've written something brilliant, or you have this idea in your head that I've written something worthless, Mm -hmm. both of those things are a form of arrogance that doesn't actually serve you. Um, But if you can approach your writing with this sort of idea of like, I get to learn something now, like I get to, I get to humble myself (laughs) for these ideas, and like actually teach myself something new and be curious about something Mm -hmm. new, that I think is the mindset from which you can actually do worthwhile revision
0: damn you you're genuinely making me sit here and think like maybe i should just go back to one of those novels and just do that i mean why not i yeah i mean
2: why not
1: ah, that's that's uh that's there's a book back
2: there that you're like i actually really loved this and i think it has potential then if nothing else it's a learning experience for
1: you yeah right
2: and um and i think i think that too many people probably give up too fast They tell themselves this is this either this is too hard or this isn't good enough or it's more fun to start something new. But like writing is a craft. Like nobody, like anybody who tells you that you're just born a brilliant writer, like they're (laughs) lying. Like they're lying to your face. You know, like there's writing is absolutely a craft. And like any craft you have to practice and you have to revive, like fix the things that don't work. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and it is really hard, but it's also really rewarding to see yourself grow uh, and see that project grow.
0: Well, well, like, the, like I know the reason why I, I didn't do it on several of them is because I was like, Oh no, that's just wasting time. I need, I need to go to the next thing so that I can get that to where it needs to be. But like, I always thought of all the other books that I wrote that I ended up like, oh, I'm not going to do this. This I up, I was like, it's a waste of time. But it hasn't been. I learned things mm-hmm. from writing. Yeah. I, I I have taken things that I set up from there and be like, oh, I have this thing from this one world building I did that actually works in this project. I'm mm-hmm. just going to take that and put it over here. That was That's not wasted time. And so right, exactly. practicing revisions should be the same. <laughs>
2: Well, I had this, I had this this I had this old grad school instructor who something that she said was that there's no such thing as wasted time. Mm. That everything you do with your time has a certain value, including just vegging on the couch and watch and playing video games. God, right? I
0: wish my brain like, would understand that.
2: <laughs> you know, like it, it it and it doesn't mean that we don't ever have to have discipline, but yeah. it does mean that this idea we have that like everything we spend our time on has to achieve a specific thing or else it's not valuable, like that's not true. Mm-hmm. Even if you go back to this book and you spend, you know, weeks revising it and you still decide that you don't want to publish it or it never gets anywhere on the, it never gets an agent, it never gets a book deal. Like that was not wasted time. Yeah. You learned something while you were doing that that's going to make the next book or the next project better. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why I can look back at the book that I abandoned that I loved so much and not feel any grief about that because I can see in concrete ways, the way that it made these burning stars possible and better.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, well, Bethany, we're, we're getting towards the end of the show. And I, I've got i got two questions here that I, I just w- w- was interested in, in hearing. Uh, for you, what do you find is the hardest part of
2: writing? Um, the hardest part of writing is my constant fear that it's not good enough mm-hmm. um, and having to battle against this this deep, like emotional terror that I'm a fraud and that I can't make it work and that it's not actually good Um, Because the things drafting and and story outlining and revising, like they are hard, but they get done. The thing that threatens them getting done Mm. is the part of me that thinks I can't do it and thinks I'm not good enough. So that's the like, that's the battle that I have to fight to get to the point where I remind myself, you actually love writing. Mm -hmm. You are a good writer. This story is good. It's just your head that's getting in your way.
0: That is that is a fantastic answer. I think one that is very relatable for a lot of folks. Yeah, Uh, Yeah, I've been
2: feeling it a lot lately.
0: (laughs) Well, I I can tell you from what I'm reading, you're an awesome writer. (laughs) Uh, Well, okay. So on the flip side of that, what is the easiest slash most fun part of writing?
2: So the most fun part of writing for me is actually the idea. Oh yeah you know, there's nothing like it. When you get this idea and you start to, and it's this kernel and you start to like weave it into something in your head and maybe you write your first notes on it or your first outlines on it and you start to see the possibility in in this story. Like that is the most exhilarating experience for me. Um, And, uh, and, you know, I also really love the moments in writing when it works,
1: Yeah, right?
2: When you're writing and like, it's just flowing and it's hitting or when you go back to something that you've written and you go, Oh shit, that was actually
1: really (laughs) good. Yeah.
2: Right. And you, and that, you know, the entire process of drafting a novel, the entire process of revising a novel sucks, Mm -hmm. but those victories and like those yeah, ideas yeah. and the anticipation of what you're creating, that is absolutely beautiful. And it and it's my favorite part. And it's the it's the addiction that I keep coming yeah. back when I make more. I can't not come up with new stories because the experience of a new idea is so pleasurable and exciting yeah. for
0: me. And yeah. and I and I really think that's the thing that's like to, to keep in mind. I mean, like, th- this is so weird because it's so relatable to like a thought I had today. We're like, I'm working on a project right now, and I and I had this I, new idea of like how to actually change the structure of it to this this new way of doing it. Mm-hmm. And I got and I got that giddy awesome yeah. feeling. And yeah. there was a voice in my head that was like, "Well, hold on, you've had that feeling about other ways of doing this. Uh-huh. This still might not be the one." And I was like, "Man, fuck." You. Like, yeah. Uh-huh. This is
1: the feeling that, that like keeps me coming
0: back to it.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh huh.
0: Like if if I start like you know toning down that joy of having an idea, like that's how I'll lose interest in the craft and everything.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah,
0: true. Like, e- even if it doesn't work out, you you got to get that dopamine.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Exactly. Every time you get that hit, like you just need to rebel in it because yeah. that is that's what makes it worth doing. Publishing isn't what makes it worth doing. Like as much as people fixate on the dream of being published and I did the same thing and I'm very happy that I've been published, but like, that's not the thing that makes it worth it in the long run. So
0: I it's that that joy. I don't, I don't think there's a, a a better uh, quote to end this episode on. (laughs) Bethany, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. This was a blast. Thank
1: you.
2: This was so fun, Trevor. Thanks um, again for having me on.
0: Uh, If people wanted to uh, uh, find you and what you do on the interwebs or, or, or your book, where could they do so?
2: Yeah, so you can you can find my book wherever books are sold. Um I uh I my website is Bethany Jacobs.com. I'm on all of the socials, I guess. <laughs> I mean I'm on I'm on Blue Sky, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Twitter. You can find me as, as Bethany Jacobs um there and my website links to all my socials and you can sign up for my you know very intermittent newsletter and find out events that I'm doing and things like that. So I'm I'm out there. I'm around. Um, Please come find me and and please read my book. I think you'll like
1: it.
0: Heck yeah. If you like space operas, this this is the one for you. Uh, Thanks, Trevor. <laughs> but yeah, once again, Bethany, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. Uh, and yeah, go get uh, these burning stars uh, available pretty much everywhere uh, and uh, enjoy some space opera fun times. But uh, that is going to do it for this first interview episode. I don't know how Woo-hoo! I'm going to outro this, so I'll just do the same as I always do. Take care of yourself.
2: <laughs> Bye, everyone. <laughs>